Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of Curiosity Killed the Rat today. Um, It is a special episode because we are very fortunate to have been partnered up with the lovely people at Pint of Science. My name is Matt. I am not a scientist myself. However, I am very passionate about science. I love learning all things science. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Kate, the resident scientist. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm the resident scientist of this podcast. Uh, my background is in neuroscience for those of you who are not regular listeners of the show. Quickly before I introduce our guest for today, I just want to, you know, let you guys know, maybe some of our regular listeners that have not heard of Pint of Science before. Pint of Science is is a really cool festival that runs in early May. Normally it runs, you know, in actual pubs, in actual locations all around Australia. In fact, all around the world, um, bringing scientists to, you know, the people talking about their research while in bars, pubs. Um, Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. Don't know if anyone else noticed, but uh, pubs are not a thing right now. Haven't been to a pub in a while. Yeah, it's been been a hot sec since pubs have been an actual thing that we can access. So this year, Pint of Science has gone online um, and we're super lucky to be part of that. And, you know, if you really, if you want to find out more about Pint of Science, you can find, you can follow at Pint of Science AU on Twitter um, or look up the hashtag Pint AU online and you can see some of the awesome stuff that Pint of Science has brought online this year because of COVID. Um, But super excitingly, we are part of that um, and, and I'm super excited to introduce our guest for this episode. We have Elisa Carr here. Elisa is a graduate researcher at the University of Melbourne. Um, they're a part of the presynaptic physiology lab at the Flory Institute of Neuroscience and Mental Health. Elisa, so excited to have you here. How are you? How's it going? I'm good, thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah. Oh, so excited to have you on the show, especially as part of this whole uh, Pint of Science thing, because I believe you were meant to give a talk at a pub, am I right? Yes, I was signed up to do it. And then um, a few weeks later, I got an email saying, sorry, the physical event is cancelled. Yeah, Mm. that's really sad. But then thankfully, Pint of Science was, you know lucky enough to come to us and we're here to rescue the day you're welcome pint of science uh no, no we're just thank a very you so small much part pint of, it, of science but <laughs> for yeah reaching out to smaller podcasts yeah exactly um and so super excited to have elisa on board so elisa not to throw you in the deep end right from the very start but uh what do you do who are you <laughs> why are you here what um, is your purpose Oh, goodness. Uh, What is your ideal first date? (laughs) Do you like long walks on the beach? I am rather fond of those when we're out of isolation. Yes. Mm. Excellent. Mm. But no, what what research do you do? Who are you? What what area of science in the world of the very, very broad world of science? Where do you fall? Where do you come from? So as you said, I'm part of the presynaptic physiology lab. Um, And so what my lab do um, and what I study is a process called the synaptic vesicle cycle, which um, is a process that helps neurons communicate with one another. Okay, so I'm going to pull you up right there for a hot sec. So obviously, (laughs) not to ruin my own credibility, I, I, you know did study this stuff in undergrad, but it, it has been a hot second since I've looked at synapses and vesicles and the synaptic vesicle cycle in any great detail. 
Um, I'll and be Matt, completely I honest. Like the last it. two sentences you've you've all just said, remind. I, I feel like <laughs> I just got flashed back to year eight Latin class, and it's just <laughs> it's just all gone yeah. over the head. I think I've heard the word synapse before. I have a brain. I'm aware of what a brain is. That that's it. <laughs> that's that's a good start. That's a good start. So, all right, for for the lay people among us, break it down. What what do you what do you want about? Um, yeah, so actually, yeah, synapse and neurons are probably a good place to start. So neurons are some of the cells that make up your brain, and they also sort of act as the electrical wiring that connect your brain to the other parts of your body. Um, and the structure of neuron, it allows the neuron to receive signals from parts of your body or from other neurons um, to process those signals and to also send signals. And the way that happens is across a synapse. Um, now, a synapse is a contact point between two neurons, and it's a very small gap between those two neurons. And um, the first neuron, which is sending the signal, releases tiny molecules, which are called neurotransmitters, across that gap to the neuron that's receiving the signal. And in that way, um, the signal can be sent from one neuron to another. So, Did you get that, Matt? so Did you follow that? synapses are the things that connect neurons together. Yeah, basically. So neurons themselves aren't like long wires through our body sending the signals. Is it the neurons themselves that kind of like can detect the signals? And then once they've detected the signal, they pass it on to the next neuron until it gets to the appropriate place via the synapse? I guess you can sort of think of it as a neuron is a piece of wire and throughout your body, you can lay those pieces of wire end to end, but there are small gaps between those wires and the synapse is where two pieces of wire junction together. Right. It's like the solder. It's the what, sorry? Like the solder. Like when you're making circuit boards and fixing yeah. up wires, it's, you, your solder is, you know, the... The thing that joins the that, wires together. I think it's like tin and lead, but yeah, melts it down, mm. joins the wires together. The, I think the thing that distinguishes it from, from actual electrical circuitry and, and you know, mm. the solder is the solder, it, that's a solid material, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've done any electrical science but as far as i'm aware that's a that's a solid connection that electricity continues to to travel across the cool yeah. thing about a science synapse right and this is what like blew my mind in undergrad it's just like it's really cool and i'm definitely gonna get lisa to explain this far better than me but like so we all know of neurons as you know electrical wires or you you see the images of electrical signals in the brain and we mm. know that our brain cells talk to each other via electricity but what happens at a synapse is not electricity passing from one neuron to another neuron it's actually like like Elisa said, there's there's these little chemicals, these little molecules that so there'll be an electrical signal within the neuron. Then this neuron will spit out a chemical signal across this little gap, this little junction, this little, this little cleft, which is called the synapse. And then the neuron on the other side will pick up this little chemical signal and it will turn the chemical signal back into an electrical signal. And so within the neurons, it's electrical, but between the neurons, it's chemical. And like that is just, it's so. No, that's really biology. cool. Like nature is wild, right? Like it's just, the system is so complicated and so like, yeah. So like Elisa flipping, how does this work? Like <laughs> talk to us, tell us like what, how, how do we go from electricity to chemistry to electricity to like, how does, what? So this is you know, where the this is where the synaptic vesicle cycle comes in. Um, so inside a neuron that's about to send a signal, inside the terminal of that neuron, you've got little bubbles that are filled with those neurotransmitter molecules. That's called a synaptic vesicle. 
And on that membrane, you've got hundreds of proteins. And on the membrane of the neuron terminal, you also have, um, it's covered in proteins. So the way that electrical signal is converted into a chemical signal is the electrical signal comes along and triggers the synaptic vesicle membrane to fuse with the terminal membrane. This happens by um, the proteins on both of those membranes work together to overcome the repulsive forces of those membranes. So those two membranes are actually slightly negatively charged, so they'll repel each other. You can imagine it as, um, so if you held the south poles, for example, of two magnets trying to push them together, mm. uh, but they keep slipping past each other, they keep repelling each other, um, these protein machines are there to overcome that repulsion and force those membranes together, forming a hole in the membrane that the neurotransmitters can escape from. So how does putting those two opposing forces together cause a hole? So it's sort of like um, if you have two soap bubbles, for example. Um, have you ever been washing up the dishes and you've, um, you've been seeing the soap bubbles and sometimes two smaller ones will actually pop together, they'll fuse together, and in that case the contents would mix so then they like form into one larger bubble? They f- yeah, well, yeah, they, um, the synaptic vesicle collapses into the membrane and opens out, allowing the neurotransmitters to escape outside the neuron. Mm. Right. So okay. like you can think of it, so like the outside of the bubble is made of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the outside of the bubble is made of like the same material more or less as the, as the outside of the cell, yes. as the outside of the neuron. So you can think of the neuron in this case as like, a giant ass bubble that has a tiny bubble or lots of tiny bubbles stuck inside the giant bubble. And these tiny bubbles are these vesicles, right? And inside the tiny bubbles are the little chemical messengers, the little neurotransmitters. And so what happens is these tiny bubbles, when it when they receive the little like chemical signal from the giant bubble, they can actually fuse their membrane with the giant bubble, therefore becoming part of the giant bubble and and spilling their contents, spilling their guts, vomiting their insides into the synapse in the process. But then, dun, 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 it's not the end of the story, right? Right, because so, little bubbles have got to come back, right? Exactly, right? Because how else is... Otherwise, it's just like a... That, our synapses aren't one-pump chumps. Yeah, no, they're not. And and that's actually what you look at, isn't it, Elisa? Yeah, so this, is, this forms the other half of the synaptic vesicle cycle. The first part is called exocytosis, where the contents of synaptic vesicles is expelled into the synaptic cleft. Mm -hmm. And the other part of the synaptic vesicle cycle is um, called endocytosis. So this involves um, replenishing those lost synaptic vesicles that have been consumed by releasing the neurotransmitters. So what happens is the membrane, uh, there's an infolding of the membrane or an invagination of the membrane (laughs) to form new vesicles. Are you really laughing at invagination? You're not. You? Is that really <laughs> <laughs> level of humor that we have here, folks? Invagination is now I'm funny. Sorry. It's not that funny, but like it's a little funny. It's a little. It's funny. a little funny. <laughs> it's a little funny. I will concede. I giggled. Elisa, continue. I like to think that that's like the like actual scientific name for what sex is, or at least, or, or or at least like you know you know oh, like heteronormative oh. sex. You know, <laughs> if there was it's a country scientific- completely dedicated to sex, that would be, and you were there, you would say you were in fascination. Yeah. <laughs> 
come <laughs> with me and you'll see how well no, to I'm cure invagination. I'm going okay. <laughs> to halt this conversation right here and steer us back to the synaptic vesicle cycle because that's what I want to hear about. Um, and I'm sure our listeners are with me, not with you, Matt. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Go on. Lisa, I, I do want to know. Save me from my brother. So, um, what happens next? How does this work? What? How, how does this work? So I mentioned before that the neuron membrane is covered in proteins. So these proteins, as well as allowing the fusion of the two membranes, it uh, the proteins help form this um, infolding of the membrane. Talk to us about this. Okay, so the proteins, the proteins, they they, they suck these these vesicles. Does it just come back from the membrane? Is it just a, do they take a random chunk of the of the membrane and that forms a vesicle, or is there like a certain part of the membrane that becomes a vesicle? How does it does it bring neurotransmitters up with it, or does do they get added later? Like what? So help? I don't remember much. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is um, you're right. A specific part of the membrane does get taken up. Um, and formed into these new vesicles with the clathrin coat. And that's the part of the membrane. Well, it might be different phospholipids um, and proteins and stuff, but um, in order to have a functional synaptic vesicle, it needs to have a particular set of proteins that I was talking about before. So um, the ones that allowed the synaptic vesicle to fuse with the neuron membrane those new synaptic vesicles are going to have go, going to need to have those proteins. Um, so that's what's taken up um, mm, when the part those... of the membrane that already has the machinery attached. Yes. Yeah. Sick. Because otherwise, you're going well, yeah, to have a non-functional vesicle. Gonna... Yeah. yeah. Of course, that makes sense. And is that like is it like a timed, like biologically timed process, or is there something that like triggers this? Or these are genuine questions that I don't know the answer to. Um, this is not my area of neuroscience at all. Yeah, well, the fun fact is that the synaptic vesicle cycle is always happening in a state of equilibrium. Um, so it's always happening. But mm. um, things like that electrical signal that we were talking about before will actually trigger um, an increase in exocytosis, so an increase mm. in the in release the of neurotransmitters. Out, yes. The vomiting of neurotransmitters. Yeah. I, I just want to. I just want to recap a sec, just to make sure I, I haven't fallen too far off the handle. So, so these little um, uh, tell me what the, the little boys are called again. I'm sorry. Vesicles. 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 So the little vesicles, they are a part of the synapse, but where they are positioned in the synapse is the bit that connects the synapse to the neuron, and then when it gets zapped with the electrical signal, shit goes down. So the synapse is, um, it's a structure that's composed of the end of one neuron, which is called the presynaptic terminal, which is where the name of my lab comes in, the presynaptic physiology lab, mm -hmm. which is, so that, that's the part of the neuron that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got the presynaptic terminal, and then um, the synapse is also, also composed of um, the postsynaptic terminal. Um, sorry, the postsynaptic neuron, which is the neuron that is being uh, receiving the signal, essentially. Okay. Mm. So the synapse is the gap. So think of it, okay. So it's think a gap, it like not this. actually like a thing? Well, it's the membranes and the gap. Okay. Sorry. This think is, of it this like is, this. I'm, 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 I'm struggling to wrap my head around this one. Mm. This is this is a really tough one to do without visual aids. It's, so like, Elisa, props to you. For, you're doing a very I'm a good job. I'm very... here because like biology was not my subject of choice in high school. Yeah. I, I dropped that very quickly. Let me know if this makes sense to you, Matt. Okay. So you've got, okay, 
advantage here, you have the visual, but I'm going to talk through the visual that I am doing so that our listeners can maybe picture it. Okay. I have my arms up with two fists bearing and a tiny gap between my fists as if I was going to like fist bump, fist yourself. bump myself, yeah. right? But I've, I've stopped just before fist bumping myself. Okay. Now my left fist, this is the presynaptic um, terminal and my left forearm, this is, this is the neuron, right. right? This is the presynaptic neuron. My right fist is the postsynaptic terminal and my right forearm is the is the postsynaptic neuron. Mm-hmm. So what happens, electrical signal will travel down my left forearm, aka yep. through the neuron. It mm-hmm. will hit my fist, which is the terminal. Mm-hmm. Inside my fist is lots of little bubbles mm-hmm. full of neurotransmitters. They will then fuse with the skin of my knuckles, more or less, right? And release the neurotransmitters into that tiny gap between my fist bump. My right fist has tiny little receptors, aka little, just pretty much little fishing rods that very are very specific. It's like a lock and key mechanism, but like little little fishing rods that that hook the neurotransmitters and and then the electrical convert it to an electrical signal, and that will travel down my right forearm. Right. But we're just talking about the left arm for the moment. So what happens is these vesicles are fused with the skin of my left knuckles. Then what happens is inside my fist, little bits of Skin, it's not actually skin, but, you know, little bits of skin from my knuckles working with this analogy Mm. then get sucked back in and form little skin bubbles (laughs) inside of my left fist. And so that... So the synapse is is the gap and the, and the skin on my two knuckles and the invisible receptor proteins that are on right. there. I don't know. They can be the little hairs and freckles and moles in this example. Um, and so that's that's the structure of how neurons communicate, and that's a synapse. And so, yeah. Okay. Um, that's a great analogy, Kate. I'm going to have to take that yeah. to some of my I other presentations. I came up with that on the fly, so, like, I'm pretty proud of that one. I um, think where I was getting it wrong before was I was imagining the synapse to be, like, the glue that connects the two neurons. It's its own mm. separate thing that connects these other two separate things, but it's not that. The synapse is each end of the neuron and the space in between and their interactions. Um, yes. I can't think of a, a, a real-world thing to assign that to like glue was my mm. wrong one i, I, I know, what like i've been trying to think the... of is like what's uh a... and i think that's what makes synapses so freaking cool and so freaking interesting mm. is that it's like it's not necessarily intuitive yeah like and especially you know you kind of you thought you had you know, i mean you've you've got me your sibling who studies mm. neuroscience and i've like it might not be your area but like gosh have i talked to you about neuroscience <laughs> against your will mm. many many a time over the last you know five or six years but yeah, it's it's just such a uniquely strange thing that just like and it works really well and nature nature does it and it's just it's wild because like these things are tiny. Like so you know, you like thinking of of outer space Matt and you know how yeah. small we are as humans in the expanse of the universe or whatever. But like okay, so think about how small we are and then like zoom into like the brain. I don't know how many how many synapses are there in a in a human brain. Do you know this? Lisa? Well, there's um I think estimates put it at between a hundred trillion and a thousand trillion mm. oh, synapses, connections mm-hmm. in your brain. That's so that's equivalent lot. to, I think, um, a thousand times the number of stars there are in the Milky Way. Fuck right? That man. No. Right. So think of the Milky Way. A thousand times that. 
Yeah, Man, I remember. Inside our little heads. I remember when <laughs> I was in like year skulls. two, and I learned that the small intestine, when stretched out, was like two kilometers. I'm like, what the fuck? How do you get all that stuff inside a human body? But then the brains just stop <laughs> like, being like, hold my fucking beer, mate. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it's actually insane. It's and it's insane like insane so in cool. the membrane. And, okay, no, but insane like insane in the brain. It is insane, and these these things are so tiny and so complicated, and so like you know, as we've just spent the last you know however many minutes trying to you know explain how complicated this process is, and we you know we haven't even touched the surface of you know how complicated it is. Am I right, Elisa? Like, not no, even, it's it's not even very complicated in the in the in how it actually works. But like, so my question is. How the flip do you study this? So, like, you're you're a researcher. You're normally you're normally in the lab, actually testing this. Actually, like, measure it. Looking, at, I don't know. Do you look at human brains? Do you use imaging? Do you like how what how do, how does one study something that is so like minusculely small? <laughs> <laughs> so, what our lab does is we grow neurons in a dish, um, and then we image these neurons with a microscope. Um, and that's after we've given the neurons, um, we tag the synaptic vesicles within the neurons with um, a modified form of green fluorescent protein, um, which was discovered in the 1960s um, in jellyfish. Um, and this protein, it fluoresces green when it's exposed to either blue or UV light. And now this modified version that we use um, when we put it on the synaptic vesicles, what happens is when the synaptic vesicles fuse with the plasma membrane of the neuron and release neurotransmitters, um, we can actually detect that because the protein lights up, it fluoresces, and we can measure this with, um, with our microscope. That's really cool. Wait, so does it, does it fluoresce? It only fluoresces once it fuses or does it fluoresce before? It fluoresces only once it's fused with, uh, once it's exposed to the uh, neutral environment of the synaptic cleft. Does it unfluoresce when the um, when the signal's gone, or does it stay lit? Um, it can. The signal is quenched uh, by an acidic environment. So when uh, when the synaptic vesicles are reformed. Um, they're actually pumped full of hydrogen atoms, hydrogen ions, mm. um, to create a gradient. So the, <laughs> so the neurotransmitters can be pumped back in down that gradient. Um, now, that's really useful for us because when, uh, when that synaptic vesicle becomes acidified, this quenches or turns off the light of the GFP protein that we've tagged the synaptic vesicles with. So we can see when the synaptic vesicles have fused, so when neurotransmitters are released. And we can also see when those synaptic vesicles are reformed and taken back up into the terminal of the neuron. That's so cool. I, I think that's really cool. That's I awesome. Don't know. Uh, yeah. No, that's a and really cool. And these are live neurons, that. right? Like these are these are Yeah, these are living neurons. Like so 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 how does this work? Do you do you is it a petri dish or is it like in a rat? Is it in yeah, a human? Do you isolate the cells in, in culture? Yeah, so we, uh, we isolate the cells uh, from mice in culture. So uh, the really cool thing about this is after we've harvested the cells and put them into culture, um, it takes them about two weeks to grow. At the start of that process, they're just tiny little balls of cell um, that are distributed across the, um, across the cover slips that we use. Um, but as they grow, they actually reform connections. They reform synapses with one another as they grow over that two-week oh, no period. Way. Like so, in a little dish, these these little live neurons will will reform. Will just like 
grow and make connections, even if they're not part of a living animal, for example. Yeah, yeah well, I guess, like, as long as within your cell culture, obviously, the the, the, mm. the cell culture being the medium which you're growing these cells in, you know, as long mm. as they've got the nutrients they require to grow and live and survive, they, they mm. just, they do the thing. Yeah, they reach out for connections. I mean... Same. <laughs> Reaching through Zoom for connections during lockdown. Oh, can relate. The internet. <laughs> Thank goodness. Zoom is the real synapse. Zoom oh, is the synapse. Zoom is the synapse of Oh, quarantine. fuck. <laughs> and we got there. We found it. We found it. Oh, shit. That's really good. And a little, like, you know, internet... In internet particles? What am I talking about? <laughs> and that's where my credibility crumbles. <laughs> but okay, to, to, to tie us up, to come to turn and bring us to a, you know, a, a good ending. The qu- the question that every every scientist is is probably sick of being asked, but you know, the important <laughs> question that every scientist gets asked, why should I care? Elisa, tell me why the fuck I should give a shit about your research. Like, okay, I'm gonna preface this with like for me just being genuinely excited about just how this works is enough. Like I, you know, and I think a lot of scientists will probably relate to having just that innate curiosity of being like, how does this very fundamental thing about me as a human work or fundamental thing about the universe, like just how does it work? And like, that's enough. But a lot of people that that's not enough. So for those people who aren't just excited by the fact that this is a wild concept and like it happens in our brains and our bodies all the time, constant. Anyway, like, why, why should those other people care? Tell to, us, wh- to, why does to this quote, um, To quote my least favourite kind of people in maths class in high school, <laughs> when are we ever going to use this in the real world? You know, what? <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that. I mean, I think your drive to do science and my drive is quite similar because we're both just so interested in neuroscience mm. because... These, these processes happening at a tiny molecular level, these tiny little protein machines working together in order for these processes to even happen, um, that's just astounding to me. Yeah, but, right. Wow. Yeah, like it, this, without this process, we wouldn't be able to, you know, be conscious or perceive reality. Um, or anything. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think the answer you're looking for and the one that brings in the grants... Um, <laughs> that's the one. ...is um, so... The cool thing about this system that we have in my lab is that not only can we look at the synaptic vesicle cycle and how neurons communicate in a state of health, but we can also look at disease states. Um, So I mentioned before that the synaptic vesicle uh, cycle is in a state of equilibrium, right? When that state Mm. of equilibrium is thrown out of balance, this can actually lead to disease. Um, So when it's spitting out more than it's ing up, or, or vice versa. When it's yeah. biting off more yeah, than so, it can chew. Wait, no, yeah, exactly. Work. So no, no, that did. It's either biting off more than it can chew, or, or spitting out more than yeah. it can Spew. suck. No, yeah, that works. That <laughs> Don't rhymes. let me say that on air. Biting, yep, b- cool. biting off more than it can chew, or spitting out more than it can spew. Oh, I like oh, that. Biting off more than it can chew, or spitting out more than it can spew. Yep. <laughs> We're giving you so much good content for your future psychob. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> So we can find out using this system at the molecular level how that happens and why things are going wrong. All right. So like if if I get this straight, what you're you're saying is, you know, normally all the little proteins 
attached to these little vesicles or, or, or to the to the synapse. So, you know, they're doing their job. They're dressed up for the day in the correct uniforms and they're following government law and, and obeying. But sometimes in, in disease, what can happen is like some of these proteins can be like, <laughs> no, and, and, and go off and do something else. And that can throw the whole system out of whack. Yes. And that, that's what can cause... I mean, if you want to put a capitalist spin on it, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> is that too You're political? You're talking a language Sorry, I understand. Money. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like, in in order, that's and that's the thing with so much of this like basic research. Because, like, to to an extent, I also do basic research that doesn't have a direct clinical implication, but. In order to cure these diseases and to, to, to fix these proteins when they go out of whack, we kind of need to understand what they're doing in the first place, right? And we don't fully, like neuroscience is, there's still so much we don't know. There's so much we don't so know. So much we don't know. And so like, I guess like the importance of your research, as, as far as I understand, is, is you really need to, un- you're trying to understand how this system works when it's working so that when it stops working, you can know or, or scientists can know what needs to happen to bring it back to the to the working. Yeah. To make the people good, healthy again. Yeah. Those are sentence good words. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. We also we also look at some um, neurodegenerative and developmental diseases in our lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, so that that's the sort of thing where, where where it starts to break down, but before you can solve the breakdown, you kinda need to You can't know that. how to build something up again if you don't know how it was built in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I'm I'm so excited by all of this and I, I feel like I've learned a lot today, which is almost embarrassing considering so <laughs> I'm, I'm also a neuroscientist, but yeah. Uh, As someone I, I, who's I, always like really struggled with biology and that sort of stuff, I feel like I, I have a greater understanding of like that, 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 that fundamental part of, of neuro stuff, like neurons and synapses. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's like, isn't that the point of, exactly. well, not just science communication, but like this podcast, right? This podcast has always been about bringing science to people that don't have that understanding because it's science is cool. It's so cool. Synaptic science is literally is like, everything. Oh. Everything is science. Sci- exactly. Science is everywhere. Science is everywhere. Science is everything. Science is life. Science is love. Science is... And it's and it's ever ever evolving and ever changing and and that's the that's the beauty of it I think is that science is not just facts right it's not just like high school science where you're like this is a thing it's like science science is constantly evolving and learning and trying to uncover and discover and I'm I I don't know I had a great time hearing about your work to uncover and discover today Elisa so like thank you so much for joining us um, yeah, as part you. of this pint of science special I had a great time and if, if you loved what Elisa had to say and you you know you want to find out more about their research or just you know stuff that they've done in general you can find them on Twitter at a science queer um, we will tag them on our social media posts as well so if you follow us at curiosity rat on Twitter or Insta or Curious to Kill the Rat on Facebook, we will tag Elisa and also Pint of Science. If once, like I said, you know, the Pint of Science online quote unquote festival has, you know, it, it's it's over for the year, but all the content's still out there. So like jump on the hashtag PintAU online. Check out what some people have been doing. Have a look on YouTube at some of the awesome panel discussions. Like there's there's some really cool stuff out there at the moment. And I'm I'm so grateful that Curiosity Killed the Rat uh got to be part of that i yeah, yeah thank so, you so much to pine of science for um allowing mm. us to be a part of this this awesome this awesome scientific convention it's fantastic yeah. and we will be right back at you mm. not in two weeks no 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 mm. in one week next saturday next weekend that's right one week between episodes we're going to come back at you with another guest 
talking about their research from Pint of Science and, and well, not their research from Pint of Science. As part of the Pint of Science Festival, they're going to be talking about their research. And so we're super excited to have them on board. Thank you again, Elisa. Thank you so much for having me, Matt and Kate. This has been a blast. Yeah. And thank you again, Pint of Science. Curiosity. Kill the rat. Curiosity. Kill the rat.